Dennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice coming at you. Coming at you today. Peter, it's our first day live on YouTube. I feel like it's going all right so far. I mean, we're 15 seconds into it, but, you know, it feels uh, solid as we're going here. Well, of course it feels solid here. What does it feel like to the to our dear listeners? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, to our dear listeners, we're switching things up a little bit. We will be live uh, 4 p.m. Eastern every Monday. You can join us on YouTube on the Open Studio YouTube channel. We'll put a link here in the description. Yes. So that if you want to come and ask us questions, you know, we've been doing like email questions. We've been taking speak pipes, which is like a voicemail question system that we have for pretty much the entire time we've had the You'll Hear podcast. Uh, we did a little bit of Instagram live in the yeah. early pandemic days. The gram, we had we had trouble like really picking up on the algorithms well, of so the gram. Here's right? what's so cool though about doing this live in the in the pod suite. You could ask us questions, and you could be like, "Hey, what's that voicing you guys always?" <laughs> and I could be like, "Oh, you mean that voicing?" And we can show you. That's you know right. What I'm well, we, in, indeed, we can, and that's always the. That's the fun part of it. And like this view right here, do you see what's happening here? Of course, if you're listening, you have to imagine. Imagine Adam and I across a long table from each other, with a, barely in the shot. As with some were. plexiglass between us. <laughs> with some plexiglass. Yeah. Somebody astutely referred to that plexiglass as a sneeze guard. It's a giant sneeze guard is what it is. But we're not even sneezing in here. But this has been really good for my posture because if you have bad posture, I don't know if you notice this, Adam, you will not be in the shot. Look at that. You follow the shot. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep that lumbar yeah. region. That's right. I think like I'm even gonna come up and curved here. a little bit. But that's an important part of playing too. We're always getting questions about voicings and different things, and occasionally, yeah. folks will ask about position, which I always think is especially important for every instrument because, um, obviously, uh, the the technique and the posture and how you're physically approaching each instrument is different. But it's always important. Yeah. And if you can clue into, look, can I get up on my high horse? No, please. Is, is, is this is what our free form Monday episodes <laughs> need to be like this exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So the idea is that we always have the opportunity to put ourselves in the best position, literally physical position, to be able to practice, to be able to, um, you know, achieve something in our practice. But even better yet practice the way that we want to be when we go to perform automate it make it a make it a habit get into those good habits so that when we get a chance to get back out there and play or do solo piano or solo oboe whatever you do that these you know great ways of kind of just sitting or standing or holding your instrument are ingrained in us kind of setting us up for success as it were yeah i mean we talk about that a lot in the daily guided practice session i think it's something that needs to be a part of your practice session I, i think it's something that's not talked about enough is how important posture even like mental posture is like how you set yourself up mentally when you're about to improvise or perform that's a posture that's a posture that you can take like you can take a stance in your mind on how how you're about to approach what you're just about to do you know what i mean so for me posture has become an important thing you know as i get deeper into meditating and realizing how important posture is to that process like i start to understand the significance between having a little curve on that lumbar region like right right you know at the small of your back having that little curve it does make me play the piano better like there's no two ways around it and every classical teacher i've ever had and every great classical pianist i've ever uh, been around and hung out with and picked their brain they talk a lot about positioning and posture and it makes me think that these are people that have to deal with the most technical, like way more technical than us just kind of blowing through all the things you are. You know what I mean? Sure. Like sure. that that literature is so hard to play 
that if it's important to them that they are have their feet flat on the floor and that they're loose and their their wrists and arms are in the right position. As I sit here in an office chair with arms, by the way. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Pod suite is not super... I could actually go on the end. See, like even this yeah. is way better. Just for how I feel like I'm able to move around on the instrument. So whatever your instrument is, no matter what you play, but especially I think the piano, where we have all of this stuff here. Yeah. Like this... This little contact, right, between some buttons and us yeah. is super important. So important. So yeah. important. And I mean, I think that, you know, this is definitely an area where uh, you've got to find that sweet spot of, you know, really getting in touch with your body and thinking about this. But don't overthink it because it can be it can take over and you can start to be like, wow, I have to be per weight is my shoulder. You know, it, it has to be natural. And the whole point of it is that we're getting in touch with how our body feels, how we need, what, you know, the, the, the balance between tension and, re- re- you know, strength without tension is what sure. it really is. So we're sure. not even, it's relaxed, but it's strong. So it's not like, uh, but it's not, uh. so, but, but getting in touch with the, all those sort of variations um, as you practice so that when you do go to play, you don't have to think about it. That's the, the well, beauty of it. That's exactly right. So what you want to do in your practice routine, even if you just do this one thing, you start your routine by saying like, Okay, um, edge of the seat, back straight, feet flat on the floor, big break, big deep breath. Just like like if you've ever done any kind of like you know whatever breathing, <laughs> yeah, breathing exercises or Headspace app, right? Yeah, you you come back to the breath. Think about coming that back to that starting position. That's all you got to do. You don't got to stress about it. Right. Just just say like edge of the seat, feet flat on the floor, uh, back is straight, shoulders are relaxed. All right, that's it. That's where I need to be right now. Like that's it. This is, the, this is the power position. Makes everything better. You know? Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, we answered our own question. That's what I'm talking uh, about. Now we should take some of our dear listeners. I always feel funny when I say that because I love that phrase, our dear listeners, but it makes me think of Kim Jong-un and our dear leader. We don't, we don't, we don't mean to put ourselves into that position at all. Uh, Jeffrey Davidson has a question here. It says, when it comes to improvising lines, should a 5-7 to 1 resolution be practiced separately from its tritone sub. For example, should E7 alt to A minor be practiced separately from B flat 7 sharp 11 to A minor? That's a great question, Jeffrey. Yeah, so yeah. like I think the answer to that is absolutely yes. In in even though it's the same. So he what Jeffrey's saying here is like if you have a 5 1 for, to in the key of A minor. Right? You have E7 alt. Right? Which is if we look at the top 5 notes here of this, right? Yeah. I have G sharp D C or D sharp G sharp D G C E, right? Like a C triad on top of the shell. Yep. Now we know that that E seven alt, if we just move that root, that's a B flat seven sharp eleven. That's what he's saying. Third, yeah, B flat thirteen sharp eleven. Right. Right. Which is same the same chord, same root. scale, right. So he makes a good point. Should we think about that any differently? And like on the surface I would say like, no, you don't have to, because you can certainly do like any sounds you want to get out of, but I think I do. Yeah. I think when I'm actually in the thick of it, even if I'm not playing the bass note, like even if I'm just like, like I switched there from E7 halfway through that line to B flat. Right. And it just made me think about the sound a little different because I'm, I think I'm anticipating, oh, the bass player is going to play a B flat. Right. That kind of changes the color of the notes I have, right? Because now the interval between the bass note and what I'm playing is different. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it's, it's even as much as there may even be that, th there's oftentimes that third way of thinking about it too. So you've got the E, uh, E7 sharp nine flat 13. And you know, even if the voicing's exactly the same with a different root, the function of each note is a little bit different. Right. But the third way would be E7, B flat, and then just thinking about that C triad, right? Right. Either way. And it kind of improvising off that. And I think all these things, uh, the more different ways that we're hearing them, the more uh, entry points as we practice. It's not to overcomplicate. It's actually to kind of connect things yeah. in a way. So you might take you know, each day a kind of a different way, um, each one of those three ways of practicing over that chord. That's a great question, though, Jeffrey. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, Amy says, do you have an open studio course that explores taking a tune in a new harmonic direction? Say, instead of resolving a chord at the end of a chorus, you take it to a new key. What works well? And why? That's a great question. I don't think we have like a specific course just on that, although we could probably at some point make some kind of substitution course, yeah. reharm course. I've thought about this. Like there's a way to do this, but we'll get there, Amy. But here's some ideas, like if you want to resolve to maybe an unexpected place. And mm. we've talked about this a little bit before, but you know, some of the standard ways to do this are to, I mean, the very first thing that I learned, I don't know about you, is if you were doing like, you know... Um, Right, yeah. resolving to that that flat two. I call that the Charlie's Angel commer commercial break. <laughs> it's totally right? Charlie's you know, Angel. It's, it's just totally. like, you know, it's a little bit, I mean, if it's super like st stressful situation, it's like, it's a little bit more diminished, but this is like, come back, come back for something else. But there's, there's a few other ways you can do it. You could also do Amy instead of resolving to just like, you know, here's a two five ending. Like if we're ending a tune on a two five, I always do this. I don't know why I always do this. It's not even a tune. That, why is that my go-to for ending when we do a podcast? That's what I always go to. I don't know why. It just I feel like it's because it's weight. It's gonna resolve. You know what I'm saying? Right. But instead of that, oh, no, you no, could no, do. No. Uh, well, I mean, you could do. Oh come on now! You're talking about you talking about the Adam Man is special. Talking right about there. the High Ridge. Yeah. That makes me think of our friend Byron. I hope he's doing all right. During the, doing okay during the pandemic. So that, Amy, is... <laughs> this is so funny. That's That, like, if we're, again, a 2-5 going to C, we have, you know, D minor, G7, and then B-flat, 7-sus. Also an unexpected way. You also could have, you know, the C can be the melody. You could also do F minor. Mm. That kind of vibe, you know, like sounds it. really good. Me like you a lot. Um, other than that, you know, it's really, uh, you could go to the relative minor. Which kind of makes it. Yeah, exactly. Right, that's yeah, exactly yeah. Where we're going next. Totally. So we had, um, so I just turned the gain up a little bit. I don't know if you knew that I could do that. I don't know that I actually did it correctly, but um, Nick was saying that the volume's a little bit low. So let us know. Oh, much better. Thanks. Oh, Looks like Peter go. knows there how to go. find the gain. Hello. There you go. Hello. But, um, just to, I just want to put a button on Amy's question about yeah. resolving. Amy, try any, literally any chord. Yeah. Like any root chord could work. Like I can make anything pretty much, even like a B. Yeah. 
you know? And, and I think that's kind of the key, isn't it? We've talked about this before, and I do get into this a little bit on some jazz piano lessons. I've done some ending yeah. things. But, you know, a, the way to practice this, the way to explore this, the way to start to find your own pathway in this, and a great ear training um, practice technique is... Is, is take the note that you're going to end on. You were ending on the on the tonic, which yeah, is good because yeah. a lot of tunes end there. And then find every every different way. Like you just take a root and see how many different For chords. Sure. Yeah. So you might think, oh, that's the only thing you can do on that, but you can also do um, with D flat as the root and C. You know, ma- major uh, minor with the major seven. Yeah. Um, what else can you do with the D flat? A little. Oh, you're just talking about like just trying every different every, every combination. different kind just for that root. Yeah. Yeah, you could do like major seven sharp five. Yep, sharp five, right? Yeah. Or fully diminished with the major seven. Fully diminished with the major. And then seven. what you want to do is you want to connect this with the line before. So. Woo. You know, and and not everyone's gonna work with every situation, which yeah. is fine. Then you can also get into some unusual ones. like an f over d yeah. over d flat yeah doesn't really work hey, look adam, really adam, adam's not liking that one adam's not liking that one that's, but that's I'm, the whole thing like you want to start it. to hear these you said no bueno and I then don't prefer it. I don't prefer and then you go to the next note up say d and you're, you're doing well that's going to not work because it's back to the two but no but that could work Something yeah that's like the that. thing is is it, that's why you try any literally any root note so i like yours better even if you go back to D. Oh, come on. You know, Bruce Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby exactly. would There's not so be mad many, at you for doing you can, that. And you can... Yeah. So other ones on D. A flat over D. And then that one's a good one to be like... That's a, those, those Final Herbie. Frontier kind of vibe. Yeah. And then... So, I mean, yeah. The possibilities are really endless. E, uh, e flat. F over E flat. But really the way I developed, you know, and I think the way everybody sort of develops the choices is by trying out a different... I mean, I remember you used to just sit there for hours and would just like mess around, like on body and soul, you know. Uh, how does it end? No, that's not you, there. So that's on the ninth, right? Right. So then you've got... Yeah, the, yeah. You've got if it's not the tonic, your worlds like can open up big time. Yeah. yeah. So your only restriction is what what newt what root newt what root choice you have and what the melody is. You know. Uh, Alejandro uh, says, "Can you drop some comping ideas for solo piano between walking bass and rootless voicings?" Mm. So between walking bass. And rootless voicing, some comping ideas. Oh, I think he means like, you know, okay, so we have an option of walking, a walking bass line, right? Yeah. And then we have the option of rootless voicings. What's in between that? That's This is good. So um, what you might try to start with, Alejandro, is literally some root shell voicings in your left hand, just three note voicings, right? Like if you can get these... Especially if you can reach tense, but you don't have to reach tense necessarily. Right. But then you can start. Right? 
practicing splitting these up between the root note and the shell. And you get, you can get like a legit feel with just your left hand. Then you add in the right hand and you got that sort of three zone concept here where you have like the root down here, yep. right? In these, in this half of your left hand. And then this middle part is just all chords. And then this part of your right hand is all the melodic stuff. So you can, you know. like these counter melodies but you're just playing chords here like in the middle the root is on the left hand the left side and the melody is on the right hand right side and you can do that with improvising with all that stuff yeah great stuff great stuff <laughs> 